Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Peace family is 19 Keys with the 19 Keys podcast. You're listening to a high-level conversation. Tap in. All right, a word from one of our sponsors. Make sure you tap into Goldwater Products. After you come listen to the information, you're going to need your memory stimulated so you can download everything in that prefrontal cortex. You want to make sure that hippocampus area of your brain that regulates mood, memory, and learning is fully functional and tapped in. Therefore, you want to tap into Goldwater. They have smart malls, sports malls, vitamin C malls, colloidal silver. They have just about everything that you, your child, and your whole entire family needs to stimulate your brain and your body and to make sure that your immune system is functioning. Before you tap into this great high-level conversation, listen to this song by Tezu Kulando called Goldwater. You're listening to Trap Art TV's Nothing's Random Podcast, starring 19 Keys and Biomechi. Enjoy! people so here's the deal we were gonna do a podcast today at about 2 30 we didn't end up doing that a lot of situations happen some situations change we actually got some productive things in today doing some marketing for the podcast some photos we're gonna show y'all a little bit about that in a little bit but we actually had to end up moving things around and we're doing the podcast right now at 1 a.m 1 a.m but the thing is, nothing is random, and we got to give the people what they want. So it's important for us to keep on this, and no matter what the day is, no matter what the time is, we got to keep these things going. Uh, where we at right now, we're in Maven Mayhem Studios. You see us on the couch. We switched it up from the green screen look, because again, nothing's random. We're going to switch it up and, and keep it moving like that. That's right. What are we going to speak about? We got a f- few different topics, you know me. I wanted to, we asked the audience, um, and the audience is from the live, from 19 Keys, um, and also, you know, just hip-hop, sexual assault, culture, uh, paradigm shift, cryptocurrency, uh, man, a little bit of everything. I'm, I'm like really in a space right now to where... I really want people to know the time that we live in. It's the best time. It's, it's I'm in love with this it's time, the best man. Time. It's like if you're able to recognize how important the time that we're living in right now, you have so much power. And by that I mean like 
Imagine if when the guy first came up with the internet and he said, Imagine, look, I just came out with this thing. It's called the internet. It's about to be explosive. And he was able to relay that information to where you can understand it and it just blew your mind. Like, oh, snap. So in order for me to take advantage of this opportunity, I can do X, Y, and Z. Now, that person at that time, if they didn't take advantage of that, years later, they regretted that shit. Like, what the f- What? I had the opportunity to really, really, really do something great within the internet. They could have been the first. Google, Yahoo, Bing, whatever the hell. They could have came up with anything just by understanding it. And right now, we living in that time with the whole cryptocurrency. It's the new internet. That's how big it is. And if people can recognize how big it is... And synchronize themselves in the present and become aware instead of focusing energy towards distractions, judgment, and bias, or whatever it else it is, then they go find themselves powerful and able to take advantage of opportunities that exist. So, yeah, I'm frustrated and I'm happy as hell because I'm frustrated is that a lot of people are gonna look back 10 years from now. Had a wasted opportunity in life. I would say this. There's people 10 years ago who would say they wasted the opportunity, maybe more than 10 years, on the internet. There's people 10 years from now who are going to say they're going to miss out on the next big thing, right? Right. People are always going to miss out because that's what it's, that to me is, your perspective is positive energy and good vibes. Right. You look at something like the age we're in in terms of social media, in terms of the different apps being made and how you can, somebody asked you a question on that 19 Keys channel um, where we were basically saying, you know, people feed us some questions while you were alive. Somebody asked you, what can I do if I can't move, you know, from my, I think something of that nature, what yeah, can I if, do if I can't move, if I physically can't move out of my house? Right. And I'm just like, you know, I don't know if uh, you need to get out of your house to make a Tinder or to make no. a Snapchat or to make, a lot of the, we have so much access. Your phone, what you say earlier today? Your phone is your briefcase. Is your readiness for business. So we have everything we need. We got the teleconference on the phone. Exactly. We got the we got everything we need. You can connect with people Man, and make what you need to make. We would just we phone. just had the podcast with V Money. You know, Vanessa M D. All the way from Tanzania. I never met her before. She said that um, someone clued her into my page. She seen it. She was motivated, energized, whatever it was. By the content and she followed me she got like 2.7 million followers later on that transformed into an opportunity to live interview her you know what i mean with her massive platform for somebody i never met how many people how many people world. on the live views it was twenty thousand people Twenty thousand. i didn't go nowhere i didn't have to go fly to africa do this interview with this she's a she's a superstar to me so this this thing, this idea that we have to go anywhere but where the opportunity is, which is on this damn phone. Somebody already created the, the damn phone for you. You don't have to create this thing. It's already created for you. It's here. It's in your pocket. You are missing massive opportunities because you don't know how to interface with your own phone. You're not aware of it. But So I guess the question is, how do I become aware of it? How do I see it? And I think to me, like the, again, that's the positive energy and good vibes reaction. But there's a flip side to that of 
and I've even said this before, I think that social media is the biggest problem of the younger generation. Mm. It's also the biggest opportunity at the same time. But Explain that, the problem well, part. Well, what I mean is that there's so much, you know, bullying and, um, you know, in the com- so much negativity. And I think that negativity is there anyways, but the, the social media or the internet gives people the platform to put that out. And there's a little bit of when you're on the internet and things like that, people have this invisible courage to say whatever they want or do you know whatever they want to yeah, do yeah man the internet gangsters and internet trolls gangsters. the real life suckers trolls man like so but I, I know I can handle myself I know yeah. people but I'm talking about for the younger generation the people um, you know people have always been bullied there's always been something you know if it's not the internet it's going to be something else you know there's do you o- think the internet bullying is worse than like the physical bullying that the 90s kids I, had to I go think it's, I think it's different and I, so I guess in that sense I don't think it's the biggest problem in the generation in yeah. terms of this is the actual problem but more so this is the platform but, that the problem that's know. that's kind of what I was saying I said in the, the video I made a video about you know masculinity and manhood and I said that it's, it's a little hard to be a man in this time things are so comfortable for you you know you lived in a time where it was so much like you can do physically with your hand the mechanics of being a man was different because you would literally use your hands to produce works. You oh, I mean? my man. Yeah, and <laughs> I mean, that's, that's what's the point that we, we got this ability for, right? Fixing things. But now things are so comfortable and, like, soft and everything. It's to where people want you to speak a certain way. People want their truth delivered a certain way. People are so sensitive. And, you know, um, I think just that culture of... Me being having that conversation, that man to man conversation, being able to go through the unease and handle it because our makeup, our genetics was designed for us to be able to go through obstacles. Not that it's a bad thing. It's like that's that's what makes us greater. You know what I mean? Those opportunities to define ourselves by limited circumstances. You know what I mean? Like that opportunity to get past whatever obstacle is in front of us. When you can put your mind to it and you can get past it, that's where greatness comes from. That struggle, that I ain't got, I don't have, I don't know how I'm going to do this, but you figure it out. That unease. You know what I'm saying? That that finding that balance, that's that manhood spark. And that development of character allows you to go through life and knowing that you can do anything. And so I think a lot of times that, you know, we become softened by our new realities because you have to understand that we are cushioned. You know what I mean? Like a lot of things we don't have to do, like just men and women, how they talk to each other. So in my day, that was in my day, you know what I'm saying? 90s baby, you feel me? Today. But uh, yeah, but I'm saying like when we had to go to the mall, and you go have to, to go get a yeah, go to Abercrombie, yeah, toss up the Abercrombie get for no a number. Other than the- <laughs> you know, I'm all right. Just, just give me a story. I don't, I don't know if I ever went to this story. Um, so uh, this story, this story is about uh, my brother when he taught me how to get over the fear of talking to girls, and this helped me throughout life. How old are you? I'm 27. How old were you? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this was a while ago, right? Yeah, I was maybe like 14, 13, 14, okay. you know, maybe younger. I'm not sure. But um, my older brother, Asia Wine, shout out to Asia Wine. Shout out to Asia Wine. Um, it was him and Diamond at the time. Shout out to Diamond. And I was with uh, my other younger brother, 
Yusuf. Shout out to Yusuf. Shout out to Yusuf. So we give all love. On the it's all shout out. So we mention your name. It's a shout out. It's all love if you in one of the stories. So we gonna take it back. Right. So anyway, we at in front of a movie theater to give y'all context. So we in front of a movie theater and my older brother, gangster type, you know what I'm saying? Intelligent, big and everything. But he say, if you don't go get these numbers, right, I'm gonna beat your ass. And he said, he didn't just leave it there. He said that he gave us some game after that. Some psychology, some psychological tools to use. So he said that the worst thing that can happen, two things. She can either slap the hell out of you or she can say no. Now, he knew I had a level of logic and reasoning within this, right? So I had to make a decision. Do I want my ass beat by him or do I want to simply possibly, of the worst scenario, get slapped by her which is a physical repercussion, or deal with the mental insecurity of being able to go through a no, a rejection. So I said, hmm, I know damn well she not going to slap me. She unless she crazy. I, I, I knew that much about girls to know that's not how they reacted in situations. And so I said, I think my confidence can deal with the rejection of a no. Because the flip side is that it's me getting my ass beat. So I remember making that conscious decision saying, okay, I'm going to go with what's the worst that can happen. So I ended up walking up to her. It was, we, we found a target. We found a beautiful young lady. Walked up to her, me and my younger brother. And I said, hey, the game was real simple and smooth at that time. I just said, hey, I probably like licked the lips or something, something smooth. I don't know. How you doing? What's your name? She told me her name. And I said, Let's just say Sandra. And I feel like she looks better than Sandra. Let's say her name was like. Uh, Shout out to all the Sandras. He's hating. No, I, I, look. No. <laughs> Yo, future wife could be a Sandra. She's not a Sandra. Let's, let's just get that right. She was She was like a. Um, um, Zahara. No, a uh, 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 Soraya Ness. Uh, where, where was that? Caesar? Scissor. Let's say she was a scissor. She said scissor. I love scissor. Shout out to scissor. Let's just say she's a scissor. Scissor. So any, anyway, he messing up my story. <laughs> so she said my name is Scissor, and I said, "Can I get your number?" And she looked at me and she said, "Sure." And um, I didn't have a phone at that time, so. I guess I had a pen or something because I do remember her writing the uh, or she had a pen and so she wrote her name and her number on my hand Scissor. and I smiled and I was happy as hell and I remember walking back to my brother and he was like you got it and I'm like yeah I got was it was that the first one? like yeah. you were one for one that was the first one yeah like you didn't have no misses not that first time that's probably what really gave me that real confidence you're like, one for one. Was easy. <laughs> yeah. I think all men go through some sort of aspect of like, what's more typical, I feel like, is, you know, I didn't have older brothers telling me they won't beat my ass if that didn't happen. But, you know, I did go through the whole dares. You know, you all right. go to the mall and it's like, whoever has the most or whoever, you know, has the least has to do X, Y, and Z or something like that, right? And so I feel like those experiences for me were always a little bit of a, 
you had that pressure that like you know it wasn't yeah. necessarily you were doing it for yourself but it's like you had a pressure it made it a competition i think that's something that i always identify that competition with like i'm not going to be the one to lose so i know i kind of don't really right. want well, to do after this, that but... it became that right it became right. like a numbers game right you well know? Uh, the point of that because i think i got sort of lost right, in the right, point, right. i had this huge idea of fear right and for no reason at all because when i matched my fear with the reality i seen that they didn't add up i was like damn i created this entire fear from nothing mm-hmm. like fear is nothing you just created this huge obstacle of nothing mm-hmm. and so once i became aware of my actual power my actual confidence and how easy that that actually was i used that for ever in life what's the worst that can happen that became a key I used to unlock all the situations in life. You know what I mean? And as a man, you when you think about the harshest things that you've been through, everything else becomes easy. Like walking in an interview. I, I'm, you know, I, I was born in uh, uh, St. Louis and raised in West Oakland, moving when I was two. But in St. Louis, I remember I, when I moved back, just being shot at a few different times and surviving that. And thinking back on that, when I, I I think about that when I go to job interviews, though, I'm like, I've been shot at. Why the fuck can't I talk to this person in this interview? You know what I mean? Using those pressurized life experiences to where I could have died as a man, but I've been through it. You know what I mean? And then you use that, and you can get through the rest of life with ease. Because, come on, now I done almost died. You know what I mean? I'd have been through way worse situations than this. And I'll be like, what's the worst that can happen? You know what I mean? And so I think that's where I was trying to connect that story with. with people people have that. to use their challenges and their, you know, being underprivileged. Well, that's an opportunity because you have something that privileged people don't have in terms of the drive, maybe the, mm-hmm. um, you know, just being able to flip your situation and to use it to your advantage. Right. So I respect that, man. I respect that. And, you know, I feel like... <laughs> Even for somebody like me, that whole female situation is also in conjunction with just how... Because what you didn't talk about in that story is what your actual game was. I mean, you talked a little bit about the look in your lips, what your name is, can I get your number? You that, was the simplicity that was the simplicity of it. It was like... Okay, the simplicity. Because that was, you guys the simplicity. The girl was simple, too. She was young. Okay. We were both young. Young, so young, she, young scissors. She wasn't really looking for game. She was just looking for someone who would just speak. Cause, this before the album. Yeah, because she probably was just as nervous as I was. Okay. You know what I mean? But you know, girls mature faster. So right, right. when she seen somebody cut straight to the point, she probably liked that. Like, oh, he killed yeah, give up the number. So I think one thing that the school, I keep bringing up my school on the last podcast. Now we're talking about it again. My wonderful school, Jabril. My wonderful school in oh, Danville. Oh, yeah, the white my people's wonder, school. Yes, yeah. my wonderful school. Yeah. I keep this. Yeah. I love this school, man. <laughs> so one thing, that my, one, one thing that that school taught me uh, was to embrace your weird. That was a weird school, man. We That's it, what the white people taught you. That um, Up there, yeah. I mean, we uh, called our teachers by uh, their first names. We went on a trip called the AWE Experience, which is basically a trip to the desert for 26 days. It was like a cult? Um, more like a like, hippie school. Like, it it was like more a like a cult now. I guess it was called White people in the some desert way. and stuff, right. first names. Anyways, like it, told me, it taught me to embrace my weird. So I feel like a big part <laughs> of that school was embracing how awkward of a person I am and just being comfortable with that. And, for example, you talk about interviews. For me... One thing that usually gets people in interviews is silence. 
You know, mm. if somebody asks you a question and it's right. hard, not people want to just be able to. Talking. Yeah, I always like if somebody asks me a good question in the interview, I'll be like, hmm. Let me yeah, think about that power. for a second. That's and that's you, that's powerful, right? Ain't that like a 48 law part or something like that? It might be. I don't know. But I feel like I learned that, you know, naturally through just my experiences and, in, and being comfortable. Okay, random fact. Let me let me finish with this. Oh, okay, I'm, I'm gonna let keep you my hand up. Keep here your hand up. So. Keep. I'm gonna finish with this on, on the on the <laughs> on the embracing the couple. All right, gonna stay up. all right. What, the 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 line I use to get my girlfriend Carla. You know Your Carla. Current, yeah, yes. I know Carla. So the line I use to get Carla. Uh huh. This is from. I don't really remember it like this, but this is what she says. Okay. She says I approached her and said, "You ready?" I'm, I'm waiting she, to drop this. She said I, I approached her and said, "You have hella hair." That was the guy. I had never heard that. One. <laughs> hey, this is next level. Damn, nobody taught me this. One. But the key is, when I grew that shit like, works. We would have said her. <laughs> We got you got hella hurt. Yeah, 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 I like the way you do that, right? That, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we don't play them to chingy. Chingy was wrong. All right. What well, well, you raise your hand now? You don't have your hand. I was back. I tried. I was holding it up there to remember my point. Oh, the interview. Random fact, right? Nothing's right. Interview. I'm okay. an interview specialist. I've never ever had an interview in my life where I didn't get the job because I understand the key to interviews. A lot of people go into interviews, let's say if it's a big company, it's your dream job. They go in there with the weight of the entire company's reputation with them. And they think that they're interviewing with the company. But the key is, you're not interviewing with the whole company's reputation and history and all of that. You're interviewing with the person. So me loving psychology, I've always went in there and I tried to win the person and not the company. So I simply went in there, had a dialogue with that person on a one-on-one experience, and I was able to get every job that I interviewed for. Now, whether I kept the job was totally up to me, but I was able to get it because I understood that when you interview, you're interviewing with people and not companies. I have not got every job that I've interviewed for, but... I will say, but you was able to use that line to get your girlfriend. That's I did. Key. That was key because that was terrible. And I <laughs> terribly. I awkward. thought she was about to get <laughs> some like game. Nah, that's, that's what she says. I'm. I, a, I feel like I'm compelled to give on them some interviews. Game now. On interviews, this is similar to what I said in the last podcast. Don't use this, people. That that worked on her. They very peculiar don't, people. Don't, yeah, very I'm, interesting yeah, don't, people. Don't I do what I do. Though. Do it. Do what you do. Yeah. But on interviews, I have not gotten every job that I've interviewed for, but. Similar to what I said last podcast, if you are going to an interview, right, and you say exactly what's 100% true to you, you say who you are, and you do it in a professional way, you don't want to say just everything, but you professionally say things that are true. You speak about, you say answers that are true, and things that you are confident in and believe in, and you having the the core, having the the, the back and forth that that you would like to have, and you don't get the job, then why would you want to work there? If they don't accept you for who you are, if they don't, if they, why would you want to work there? It may be a great company that you've, you know, aspired to be in. Maybe you need to make your own company. Maybe you need yeah. to go to another business and maybe you need to figure something else out and, or True. get the right skills, that, whatever the case is. But just because you didn't get the job, just flip that. You know what I'm saying? Flip that. Let that motivate you. How many successful entrepreneurs and business owners have the story of 
you know, not getting this or not getting that or Man, dropping out of this better. or even finding something better. I know I've done that. You know, so so don't no, it's all about keeping forward, keeping strong, all that. I wanna talk about something. Oh, my quote. Start a company, mind your own business. What was the other quote from this? The the the, uh, the iPhone one or the phone one? What was that? Oh, your phone is your briefcase. Your business readiness. That's all you need. I wanna talk about something. Uh-huh. I think it's important that we do this so that people know who we are. I mean, this is episode number two. They got it. Okay. Get to know us. Names. Which one? Oh. So, names are very important, man. Names, names are, are names powerful are, as hell. Names are, and I need to, I, like, I think um, whenever I do something, I produce something, I always put be a Mechie. And the reason I do that is because my name is Brendan Amechi Okachuku. Brendan is my first name. And it was always so weird to me because... My parents, my father's Nigerian, my mother's black, she's from here, and it was always interesting to me that my sister, I have a sister, uh, her first name is Nigerian. Shout out to your sister. Shout out to Amaka, man. Her first name is Nigerian, her middle name is, you know, American, and then we have obviously a last name. Her middle name is American? Yeah. Like, that's the actual name, American. Nah, her, nah. That'd be a, that's like a cool name, though. American? If you want to conquer people and enslave them and oppress them. But, I mean, there's other sides to America. What, like the sexual assault culture? Anyways, her name is, her, her American <laughs> name is Camille. That's her, you know, American name. It's her middle name. <laughs> okay. And so, it always interested me that my parents named her a Nigerian first name, a not Nigerian middle name. And you know the last thing. Right. So for right. me, I, I got to a point where I was in the, the end of high school, beginning of college, where I was like, you know what? I'm going to start calling myself and going by Amechi because I haven't been as close as I would like to be with Nigeria, which is where I'm from. And I think it's a way that I can gain back some of that power, some of that just cultural um, identity back, you know, for myself. And I was like... Let me just start doing this in professional settings and everything like that. I always put my name as a mention in resumes, all that. And, you know, another thing about it is because it's so unique, I think a lot of people with um, names that are from different cultures, their whole life is tough because they got to, you know, be in the classrooms and people saying their name wrong. Mm. They make it laughed at. They make, is this Well, how did they pronounce it? Was it like Amici? They say Amici. That's what white people always say. Amici. Like the pizza. Amici. You know, like the pizza. That's Italian. Amici. I'm Amici. And so um, people always got it wrong and things like that, but it was unique and it stood that. out. You know what I'm saying? It stood out. So people I, I was always. I'm gonna go always correct people. To, to always say your name so they get that respect in there. But the thing is, with that, I've always had the mindset that when people don't know my name or when they say it wrong, they will. I'm, I never. That's what I, it like motivates me. It's like when people when somebody says Amici, yeah, a lot of times I don't correct. Do a lot of times, a lot of times I don't correct them because I'm like, you'll know. I don't know when it's going to be, but I you know. I especially like doing that in business or when I first meet somebody, whether it's an interview. If it's an interview or somebody, I'm definitely doing that. If it's mm-hmm. like business, mm-hmm. I'm correcting the hell out of you because I know you're going to never forget that correction. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, hey, what's your name? Jabriel? <laughs> all types of stuff. Look, relax yourself. First of all, I want you to breathe. Now I want you to pronounce my name. Jabril. You know, that's when that's, I throw in the extra. It's it really just Jabril. But I'll be like, make sure you say Jabril. Because if I throw the extra, they're going to throw that extra emphasis to try to get it. And they're going to land at Jabril. Funny excerpt before you go on. I want you, I want you to tell people about what your name is. And, I'll, and I'm going to do the same thing. <clears throat> funny excerpt before we do. Whenever I'm talking. 19 to, keys. Whenever I'm talking to Siri and I need when I need Siri to call you, I say, call Jabril. That's the only way they get it down. That's not funny. It's not funny? No, that ain't cool.
cool. Why is not funny? That's disrespectful. But like, that's Siri. That's not. It's not me. I think <laughs> the phone is the briefcase. You need to update your iOS. It's, it's, it's the briefcase. You need to update the iOS. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you speak about what your name is. But just to close out, so uh, you know, Amechi means only God knows tomorrow. And I think Brendan, which is my first name, means old fiery road in uh-huh. old English or some bullshit like that. And so Amechi is just so much more <laughs> so I random. Like the, the old that's, fiery road. You I don't even know through the fiery road to get to the, to, the to get to side, the you know to saying? get what you know God knows man tomorrow. You gotta be to get to a fiery road. But that's what I do my best to live by. Only God knows tomorrow. Like you know, and I think that to me it, it stands for a lot of things. It means now I don't want to I don't want to get into the preaching mode, but it's like. But, it eludes confidence and humbleness at the same time. It, it's like if you don't have anything, if you're dead broke, and at this moment right now you don't have anything, but only God knows tomorrow. Mm. You don't know what's gonna happen. You might have that app that you're making at your house, and it might blow up. But even if you have all the money in the world, you have the cars and the clothes, and you got all this ice, and you're doing your thing, and you're successful right now, but only God knows tomorrow. So it's like, to me, it's just it's just keeping that in mind for any way you want to look at it. But it's like, you don't have the control of everything. As, as well as you're doing or as bad as you're doing, you don't know what's going to, when things are going to flip. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I go by Biamechi and um, why that name means so much to me. So why don't you tell the people about your name, man? Man, oh, I could follow that up. That was... Yeah. <laughs> yes, sir. Be a Mechie, man. Definitely not going to let him know. your name. <laughs> Gotta let him um, know. So, my given name, Jabril Fuad Muhammad. Um, my parents gave all of my brothers and sisters names with meanings. You know, your name is worth its weight in gold. You develop into the characteristics of your name. It's very important, your name. That kind of goes back into, like, you know, Malcolm X speaking about slave names, getting rid of the slave name. Um, Muhammad Ali. So, it was very important in our household and our upbringing that we all had original names. Names that we can develop into. So, the name Jabril is the same as the English equivalent Gabriel, which speaks upon the angel Jabril within the Quran and the Bible. And so... Jabril was always the one who brought the message to Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, to give him that revelation of higher thought and higher consciousness in obtaining. And so, you know, Fawad, I believe, means bearer of good news, which is the middle name. And the last name, uh, Muhammad, one worthy of praise. And so, being having names that great to be able to live up to you are able to find your place in history. You know what I'm saying? When you don't have a name that doesn't mean anything, you have to attach some sort of meaning to it. But this name already has a history of energy towards it. You know what I mean? And so you have to think about the root of your name, where it comes from, and that energy source. Because as long as a person continues the name, it has the energy. You know what I mean? And the person is carrying that energy with them like a title. There's a reason, if you look at like uh, syllables of like prophets and gods, they usually one syllable, it flows. Is there's an ease in that flows, that all, Allah, Moses, Jesus, you know what I mean? All of these things flow. And so without really going deep into it, your name has a certain vibrational characteristic to it. 
You know what I mean? And also an attachment to history, like an ancestral line of energy. You know what I mean? So I've always wanted to develop into my name. And then once you start developing to your greatness and you have this name, you actually start to linking yourself to how you've been manifesting the properties of that name. So when I think about there's some great Jabril's within history. There's a, 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 um, a brother Jabril who um, is associated with being a helper of Minister Farrakhan who the same way that there's an angel Jabril who is was the angel that gave Prophet Muhammad the messages to reveal the Holy Quran to him. And so I'm thinking of me living up to that name. I also have to deliver a message to the people in order to unlock their mind, to reveal that higher thought, that higher thinking. You know what I mean? To where they can unlock that crown chakra. And then that's where 19 keys come in. I want you to speak on that, too, because I want to tell the people what positive energy and good vibes really means. Mm. And I want you to tell the people what 19 keys... You've mentioned... I don't know if we mentioned on the podcast, but... Oh, 19 keys. 19 keys. When I first came into the understanding or I came into the thought of 19 keys was from the reading of Masterful Art Muhammad saying that there were 17 million black people two million Indians and this was around the time in the 30s and that's you know when black people before we had this state of consciousness that we at right now and he said that those are 19 million rusty locks and those 19 million rusty locks need well oil keys in order to unlock those minds in order to unlock their higher thought their higher reason their higher faculties you know what I mean their higher consciousness so, the key is code for chi or energy. So, once you study um, unlocking the mind, the prana energy or the banda or the locks, there's different ways that a person can go about unlocking in their higher consciousness. That's what a Buddha does. A Buddha lives his entire life storing up that energy to where that energy is releasing it goes up here. So, the 19 keys is about given that electric energy that can unlock the mind and doing that through different thoughts and changing a person's pattern of thought to unlock their minds and then you know the word um uh shabazz one of the meanings earlier meanings for me from tracing the roots was a key and also that translated i think into um I want to say it correctly, um, some Hispanic origins, and to Chavez. And so it was also linking the black and brown people together. Now, Shabazz was, I'm going to wrap this up, the Shabazz was the tribe of Shabazz we was taught was the black people that, you know, we came from, uh, from Africa that was brought over here to America. So black people in America are that tribe of Shabazz. And so... That 19 key is unlocking those minds and linking us all together to where we get to that state of higher thought and enlightenment. I just don't feel like the people, I don't know if they really heard what you just said. You know, like, I just feel like, do y'all understand that, to me, the most beautiful thing, beautiful is one of my favorite words. I don't really know another word Mm -hmm. to describe that. The beautiful thing about that is their 19 keys to unlocking the minds of those where all that needs to be unlocked is already there. 
It's yeah, not yeah. like you. You know what I'm saying? It's not like I think sometimes people may some people may hear that and look at you as. And I think a lot of times, not from that, but from a whole bunch of things you do, people could look at you as arrogant. I think you were saying before you did the podcast that um, <laughs> when you talk to people or get in an argument, it's only two ways things could go. They're either going to be blown away by the enlightenment they receive or they're going to think you're just an asshole and want to leave it at that. You know, I'm paraphrasing, but in so many words. Um, but it's just, it's like the way we hear things and the way we receive things right. and the way they're communicated and it, I think I, I want to emphasize that because I think that's a beautiful thing that everything is here and you even talked about this before the podcast is how you arrange it right. in your, your head your pattern of thoughts that makes it makes sense for you right. and unlock it's all it's just how it's real how it's arranged like all the information is there right think about this somebody told you they gave you the knowledge they say this is what a family is and then you'll be like, okay, who came first? They be like, okay, the child came first, then the mother, then the dad. So they gave you this knowledge. And then a person don't really, they, they got the knowledge, but it doesn't really unlock it until they be like, wait a minute. Man, the woman, then the child. And then a the person like, oh, I get it. You had the knowledge. It was the arrangement and the pattern of that knowledge that was incorrect. So I use the thought pattern of physics um and physics is finding ways to measure consciousness based on the pattern that consciousness is arranged so to give you a thought example is think about wet water think about when is water not wet I'm not <laughs> <laughs> so water ice steam they all have the same properties right protons or whatever but when you change those proton patterns, that's when they change the state, right? So when I think about a person's pattern of thought, when you change that pattern of thought and that arrangement of knowledge, that's when it changes to a different state of consciousness. So within our uh, our bodies, you know what I mean, to where the state of whether we dead or alive, when scientists look at the physical properties of our body and the atoms, they will say that this body actually has the same exact thing that this living body has the same exact thing as this dead body. But the difference is that is the way that they arranged. You know what I mean? So let's say if we made up of everything in the universe, let's say if we made up of the same exact thing as a pile of fruit, right? So let's say we got the same exact atoms. How come that pile of fruit can't talk to me and I can't? It's because of the arrangement. We have... People are the greatest arrangement of atoms on the planet Earth. Our patterns of who we are is the greatest arrangement, and we have to learn how to unlock our thinking patterns. You know what I mean? Unlock the, our patterns of thought, which rearrange our state of consciousness to higher and higher levels. So when you change your pattern of thought, you see things differently. Your awareness changes. Your state of consciousness changes. And we all have a particular programming that we run off of based on our language, based on our faith, based on our beliefs. And your faith and your beliefs is what you use to judge others. And when you judge others, you are using energy to judging. Energy. And po so, positive energy and good vibes. Instead of using that energy to judge, imagine if you were in synchronicity with your environment. And instead of doing that, 
You use that energy only to find opportunity in your environment to continuously be in synchronicity. So when things like this paradigm shift is happening, you're not distracted by any of your outputting that energy into resources or judgments or bias or distractions or things that don't matter. But you're only using it to find opportunity so you can win in the present. So when you unlock that thought pattern, that's how you win in the new paradigm shift of things that's happening. That brings up a point for me I want to hit on before I do. I hope that makes sense because I'll be having all these thoughts. A lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. But it's it's, it's a lot of information. Some of it had to. Book because it it gives you a concise right. But some of it has to stick. That's the whole goal. You say a lot. Some is gonna stick. Some is not. But I want to piggyback on that. But before I do, the definition of positive energy and good vibes. It comes from a Bible verse that has followed me, I would say. I was just t- telling one of my friends about this. It's followed me my whole life. There's been times where I've just been, you know, asking God for a sign. I open up the Bible, it gets to that. I'll go on my, you know, app, pop it up randomly, it gets to that. Um, just It's just followed me in different aspects of my life. And again, I've... I've spoke about on this podcast omens and how I believe that that's like the way God speaks with you. And I think in a way that verse is an omen for me. But what this particular verse, Galatians 5, 22 to 23, is about for me, it's called the fruits of the spirit. And the fruits of the spirit to me is about how one lives their life as opposed to what one does. Mm which is very different. I think when you focus on what you do, which is an important question for, I think, almost the ego, an important question for like who we are as people, but it's not something that's of the spirit in terms of how you are. You know what I'm saying? In that process to figuring out what you do. A lot of people are depressed, man. I've, I've experienced that. A lot of people um, turn negative. A lot of people go through challenges when they're Figuring out what job they're going to do, what they're going to do in life, how they're going to make their mark, how they're going to figure out their purpose, all those things. But to me, the fruits of the spirit, which is nine characteristics, nine attributes of how one should live, override anything that you actually do. So that's living, you know, faithfulness, peacefulness, goodness, gentleness, kindness, love, joy, discipline and patience. Those are the nine, you know, attributes that one would have that there's there's no laws against those things. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so to me, I sum that up in positive energy and good vibes. That's that's what that means to me. It's being it's focusing on how you are as opposed to what you're doing. You know what I'm saying? How you're reacting to things, how you're interacting with people, all those sort of things. Mm. You know, but w- one of the things that I wanted to piggyback on and what you ended off with with your monologue um, is Something that I learned in a conference uh, at my first job, which was this equation of how to, I, I would love to hear your, your outtake on this, mm. an equation for how one should live their life. And a lot of times, this is a perfect example. You go to these conferences with these corporations, these big conferences at these trainings where they bring in these speakers. Sometimes they'll bring in magicians. They'll bring in whatever they can to like get the energy going and right. kind of make things flow. People, I'm talking about 99% of the people who are receiving this information at these conferences and things like that. In one year out the other. They do not care. They think it's trivial. They think it's like, like, what is this guy talking about? I was never that way. And one guy really resonated with me when he said that life comes down to a simple equation. You ready? Mm. All right. It's, there is react your events 
plus your reactions equals your outcomes. And he said that there's most people think that they can control their outcomes by either their events or reactions. But the only thing that you can control, the only variable thing in that equation is your reactions. You don't control, you don't control the events in your life. You don't control the outcomes in your life. You may think that because you, if you study this hard, you're going to get an A. Not necessarily because your teacher could just, you know, do some <laughs> or even make a mistake and end up giving whatever the case is. But that doesn't just necessarily mean because you worked hard, you're going to get an A. Um, people think that they can enforce their outcomes based on how hard they work or what they do or what position they put them. No, the only thing you can control is how you react to any given event in your life, period. And it's like, that's why I always say react positively. <laughs> like that's one thing you can always do react positively. You know what I'm saying? Do something that's going to put you in a constructive situation to better yourself, better your situation or better the outcome as best as you can. Put yourself in the position to better your outcome as best as you can by percent, by percentages or by, you know, manifestations, but you don't actually control what that outcome is. So in the part about controlling your reaction, I absolutely believe that. I actually talked about this earlier today on my live about being able to control your reaction to the things that happen to you. And by your reaction to your environment is how you control your destiny. You know what I'm saying? And then I think I, I had, and I think I know, I had put this quote out, self-control is your problem. It's not money. It's not your lack of support. It's your thinking. It's your reaction to what happens that affects you the most. Mm. Now, this actually comes from... Somebody needs to hear that. This comes from me writing to myself. At a time while I was frustrated, I had to go into my inner standing of myself. If you don't mind me asking, if you remember what brought that up. This was November. No, this was not actually at this time. Um, I think it was just an overall frustration at a lack of support. And I had to go in the inner recesses of my mind. And I had to get that frustration out of me, so I wrote it down. You know, so I got that frustrating thought off of me by writing it down. And anytime I say when people are stuck and they feel themselves frustrated, when your mind can't do two things at once. You know what I mean? So if you frustrated and you stuck, I always like to engage in a hobby. Because if I'm painting right now, then that means that my mind is not thinking about that problem. My subconscious mind might actually be figuring out a solution for me. So instead of focusing on the things that I cannot control, I would do something else that is within my control. Since I know my mind can't focus on two things, I give my mind something else to focus on. You know what I mean? And so that's one of my brain hacks towards getting past frustrating thought processes. So the full thing was, my mind is challenged to find a way out. Puzzle thoughts of what to do. When it seemed just last week you had a strategy to take over the world. Funny how life has so many ups and downs and you just have to cope with it. Everyone goes through changes and some realize they are changes. By that I mean your thinking. The biggest thing that changes through these ships or up and downs are emotions, which are your thoughts. Self-control is your problem. It's not money. It's not the lack of support. It's your thinking. It's your reaction to what happens that affects you the most. As I'm riding, my mind is lifting, my thoughts are freeing, and I'm taking control all over again. I realize that people are supporting me, 
and that my brand is growing and that I'm getting smarter and much happier with life. But I'm also hungry. I want to eat. I want big dinners and I want them when I desire them. I also want the power to fast to resist hunger. So I have to decide which is power, hunger or the ignorance of hunger, the control of desire. Consciously, we exist and live in one reality, the one ruled by perception. What creates perception? Everything is inspired by a source. Maybe a person, a friend, family, your environment. The key is to think above the current will of your wants. The want is your heaven. Heaven is comfort and fulfillment, the ultimate enlightenment and success. And so I was able to process my reaction to my environment, to my frustration. And I really believe in transferring that frustration into like what I just did here. Or I did it once with a painting. I literally painted... (laughs) Uh, my frustration out onto a canvas once and because I did that I transferred that energy from me to that painting because you got to think how do you create a painting with motion what is motion motion is energy so I put energy into motion what is emotion energy in motion so I put that energy onto that painting and every time I get frustrated now I look at it and it sort of looks like an eye so it represents my frustration so I don't get frustrated because I know that I put it there already it's, it's not longer inner it's external so I create these little mental things that I do to keep me afloat to keep me going the thing about positive people is mm. it's not that they don't go through negativity preach it's that they learn how to react to negativity differently is that it becomes a muscle Man. right so Every time you work out a muscle, you do what? You're making it stronger. stronger. So the more negativity that I go through, I be, my positive muscles become stronger and stronger. <sighs> and let's say, therefore, when small negative things happen, I got these big-ass positive muscles. So that's nothing for me. You know what I mean? So the thing about positive people is they actually go through the most negativity. It's just that they develop the more positive muscles so they have more positive strength. And so a lot of people look at positive people like, damn, how you so positive? They think that they don't go through shit. That's the total opposite. So you have to work out your positive muscles so that you can deal with negativity and flex on it. Man, that is real. I'm glad you said that. I'm glad you said that because if if you know me, I beat myself up mentally a lot of times. I I mean, you've seen the behind the scenes. You know, the work I put in, the all-nighters, the... You don't do those things. Even like you always mentioned, being an entrepreneur, that is not a glamorous thing like people think it is. You know, like there's a lot. You're not going to switch over to becoming an entrepreneur and then all of a sudden reach this level of success Bro, and have this. It's the complete opposite. You're work working like twice that. as hard. You, you, It's just it's so frustrating. You got to limit your time, make sacrifices, all these things. But again, you always control how you react. And I was always taught that success is a habit. You know what I'm saying? And yes, I do it every day. That's what I like to say. Oh, but the other part of that is you said that you can't control what happens to you. I don't believe that, though. I don't believe in any limitations set upon principles. I believe that you can control how you react. But I also believe that we have the power to control our environment and the things that interact with us as well. 
I think to me it goes to the way I interpret it, and I pre, I I don't think you're wrong for saying that, but I think the way I interpret it is back to like only God knows tomorrow in terms of like let me control what I can, let me control the things that I have in my grasp. But I believe we are God, so I believe even within that statement you're but, giving me that control. Well, I feel like if I agree with that as well, but to me it's like you got to tap into something that's unworldly. You gotta, it's like, it's not, you can't be of, you can't be thinking of the flesh if you're gonna accomplish something that only God knows. You know what I'm saying? Like, you have to think at a higher level, you have to operate and move at a higher level in order to accomplish those things. Like, you know what I'm saying? Sometimes, although I know that I am God, although I know that I am a king, although I know that all these things are in me, we are still in the world. And so there's a lot of challenges and a lot of um, obstacles that come with being here. Um, but at the same time, you can trigger your mind to close your eyes, envision heaven. To me, I call that color and transfer to a world of color and be living in it. But there is an on and off switch, so to speak. There is a back and forth. It's not something, at least for me, that I just consistently live in. So I, I think in that sense, that's what I mean by that's how I interpret at least like not having not being able to control the outcomes. If you are going to control the outcomes, you have to react at a level that's out of this world. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you can't be doing things of the flesh um, to control that sort of outcome. But that's just how I interpret it. What else we got? Yeah, I'm gonna let that go for now. <laughs> then I can go, we, go, go. We, what do we let's see. Um, let's see what these hip hop. You was talking about hip hop. What do you want to talk about hip hop? What's current? What, in what, the what, state what you want to talk about in hip hop? Because you trying to freestyle for the people. <coughs> we gonna catch me on a whole another. Catch me on a whole another show. Um, I did put a verse down on my brother. What's song, the verse? Though. I don't have a verse in my mind right now. You got it written down. Uh, I don't have it written down. It was a freestyle. You gonna spit a freestyle? Uh, I'm not gonna spit a freestyle, but one of these days I will spit. I a thought you didn't have fear. It, no, it's not fear. You okay, I mean? so let me tell you this: I freestyle with Jabril plenty of times over the past years. This is true. He is one of the best freestylers that I know. Oh, thank you. Um, I mean, I remember the time we was starting off a series called uh, "Got Bars." Shout out to Jay New. And um, coming soon. And uh, we were doing the episode out of your old shop at Moose Hill on, in Oakland that we've talked about before. And uh, man, we had a whole crowd going. Yeah, that was fun. Freestyling, just had the fri first Fridays. Yeah. Good times, man. And that's what I love about hip hop. Transitioning from that into hip hop, even freestyling, man. Like, I used to listen to Nas and just those New York artists like that. Who are your favorite artists? It's tough. I, I've I've learned from doing um, a lot of interviews over the years that I I don't really like the word favorite in questions. I, I think that's really Who's limiting. Your, what's your most listened to artist at the moment? My top artist of all time is uh, Black Thought from the Roots. This is no particular order. Black Thought and not and for various different reasons. Black Thought from the Roots, Elzai from Slum Village, Kendrick Lamar, Tupac, Jay Z, Nas, uh, Boy Banks, um, Kanye West. Uh, who am I forgetting, man? Those are some of my favorites. My, some of my favorite artists of yeah. all time. I think freestyling. Jay Dilla is my favorite I think, artist I mean, of all time. But he, you know, in terms of rapping. like Mr. Farrakhan said, that rappers are the gods. Young of the Gully community. Too. Go ahead. Yeah, you know I mean, rappers are. They have so. They are the leaders. Yeah, you know I mean, and they have so much power and influence. And 
the way I dissect hip hop is the, it's those of lower consciousness and it's those of higher consciousness. Those who have a lower consciousness can only speak and express lower conscious thoughts. Those who have a higher consciousness, higher faculties, will speak higher conscious thoughts. And so, in the book, Behold the Pale Horse, it speaks on, um, and I forget who it was written by, but those who know, know. And so the guy who wrote it, he was killed um, after he wrote the book. And a lot of the things that he spoke about came into fruition later on. But one thing he spoke about was an agenda to keep the entertainment at the sixth grade level, right? And so I look at hip-hop, and I look at a lot of things now that's at a sixth grade level of entertainment. And a lot of the rappers don't even know that they fit within that agenda box is because their consciousness is at a sixth grade level as well. So the education was also supposed to keep people dumb. So when you look at current state of hip hop, you know, ignorance, I look at, I equate ignorance to innocence and I create consciousness to guilt. So when you don't know, you're sort of innocent in that space. But once you become conscious and aware, then you become guilty. So I can't really kill the rappers for those who are ignorant in their actions and behavior because they are much of victims, you know what I mean, as the listener is too. And so, but the thing about it is, regardless, I think that there's enough information to make a rapper conscious of what they put out to the people because those records become spells in people's mind they record over and over language is a code you know what I mean and based on the language that you use speaks to your programming as a person and so it's very interesting man because I think that rappers have a certain responsibility at the same time you can't go beyond the people right so if you go beyond the people then you lose so what ended up happening a lot of times is rappers come in with that lower level of consciousness, right? They make that music, they get their fan base. But then they grow and they get a higher level of consciousness. But if they speak to that higher level of consciousness, now they over their fan base heads. And now they fan base, I don't know what the hell he talking about. I came to him for this particular thing. So now they have to tap back into that lower frequency of thought and make that music so they can continue to pay their bills. So they continue to feed their family and things of that nature. So they get caught in this cycle. You know what I mean? So that's the unfortunate dilemma that rappers live within. You know what I mean? And until the rappers, because rapping is a very spiritual conquest. It's a very spiritual thing. It's an expression of one's spirit, one's self. You know what I mean? And when a person can like freestyle, it speaks to the higher faculties that a person is using. Yeah, you know I mean, like a lot of them boys is geniuses, pure geniuses. I don't agree with their genius. I don't like a lot of them, but I can recognize the genius. You know what I mean? And so I'm not gonna kill them. I love hip hop. I ain't been really listening to nothing lately, just because I've been trying to focus on just higher thoughts. And you know, rappers ain't really curating you no know, higher thoughts for me. Yeah, I mean, plus it's a I lot of weird feminine shit. In a, in a box um, to say just rappers, like, and, you know, that's like putting well, I the mean, whole... hip-hop artists, you know? I don't really... What, 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 what term would you use? What term of knowledge? No, but I was saying, you're saying I'm not rocking with rappers right now because they're not, cause they not uh, speaking to me in Well, I speak, I'm thinking sense. of in the collective. 
what I'm saying. There are rappers out there. Who, I know, but the, I look at the individual culture as it doesn't matter. I look at the, the collective culture. Oh, well, I don't look at it that way because I think that a lot of the, the ways that it's been mainstream has been intentional. I'm surprised if you think that way because a lot of the way Well, that, because the power of it is the collective. Like the end, the, the major but, but influence the of like, it is this, that collective. We are hip hop. Hip hop like, goes beyond music. Right, but that's a whole hip hop. Hip, like that's the thing. People gotta flip it because a lot of times people are trying to make songs that are like mainstream and sound more. I don't know, uh, uh, like other genres, but hip hop is the genre that I feel like sets the trends. So yeah, no, I I, I get all of that. So I mean, but anyways, all I wanted to say yeah, is, I didn't know what you was about to like, say. I thought you was about to say I thought you about to drop some heat on me. I'm like, okay. What you mean? I I, you, you start something about freestyling, man. I, that's why I miss like hearing like Mason, Nas. Mason, Mason, Cameron. What about them? What you think about they beef? I don't know about they beef. Right. What? I, we I, go I, past it. They, they I don't fuck that. Dude. What? what, what no, Let me see. You, I was trying to find. Because I was trying what? to find. Oh well, they 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 went at each other. There's some raps. Mace, the, the, the preacher dude, uh, you know, you everybody know Mace from Bad Boys back in the day. Mace ain't popping no more, but he came back. Cameron, I guess, was in the spotlight, pop doing tours, dip set, shit like that. He came with a diss, was talking about Cameron. Cameron came he back say? with a diss. He was saying he was fucking his sister. He, said, Mace, he was snitching. Mace said that? Mace said that about Cam. He went real hard on him. It's a, it's a pretty good, He's not know, a preacher no more? I think he took like a moment of retirement. I don't know. I can't really tell you. That's a weird thing. I mean, the whole rapper, preacher, I don't know. I don't know. That's weird to me. Um, and then Cameron came with his uh, uh, um, his diss track back at him. and was, He had a video of, uh, somebody did a video of how Mace was, I guess, exploiting the people. Using that um that I forget that kind of like that preaching style that you who preaching style, you know what I mean? It, it, anyway, yeah, I Cam mean, came back and said Mace was doing gay shit with P Diddy and it was just a whole little thing. Uh, but I was just going through current okay. topics on yeah, my phone. I mean, I, I not to create that I think a big I thing. Just, we transcend topics. I'm not really big into like all the current stuff and just getting high on something to get an opinion on something. Album. I listen to it uh, just to get an opinion What'd on you something. What you think? Because I didn't listen to it. I just heard him freestyle. Um, like well, I'll say this: I heard the album. I didn't listen to it. I, I listened. To, I heard every single song, but I did not listen to it. If you, you know, you know what I'm saying? Okay. Like I didn't. And I, I was at work kind of going through the motions a little bit and not really listening to the whole exact thing. But there were some very monumental songs. He used a lot of samples of songs that I already know. I'm not, I can't okay. put my finger on what they were. But um, Sci High has been, uh, he, I love Sci High to Prince, man. Um, his project, uh, was it History? Uh, I think it was called History or something like that. History lesson. That was one of the best mixtapes I've ever heard. And Sahai needs to get some love. And I'm yeah, glad that he he's got on Breakfast Club and this thing. He writes for Kanye. Writes for a lot of people. And um, but like I feel like again, he's one of those artists. Going back to what I was saying originally, like when I like when I think of like hip hop, that's like and freestyling, like just how he how he brought this whole thing. I love. I always I always loved 
freestyling because again it's one of those things where it's like show what you got like and it's like even if you aren't the best ever like the fact that it's authentic is just fun and dope right. and i think with hip-hop like that's when i look at hip-hop like, i think of like nas in new york sitting on some stoop you know in in, in new york and, and, and rapping and freestyling or like that's the whole new york feel the, the sky zoo artists i listen to like the people who you know can you know can go you know what speaking I'm saying? of you nas can... he never won a grammy before and this year this is the first time there's not been a white guy um, that's up for a Grammy, and there's all these different hip-hop artists, including Cardi B and stuff like that. And I was having this conversation with the homie Steve, saying that, um, you know, the song was cool. I don't think she deserves a Grammy. As a matter of fact, I also want to say this, because I know that the, the conscious community will be out there. Fuck the Grammys. I just want to say that, because I think we should create our own validation system. Um, how are we the one create the greatest music in the world, but we are being measured by these corny guys? Um, so I think that, you know, really the Grammys don't matter. But Everybody since they exist, that. I wanted to speak on it. I just wanted to put that disclaimer out there. I understand all of, you know, the conscious measurement and pattern of thought towards it. Because I know people are like, why are we talking about this? Of course we should make our own. Um, Russell Simmons tried to make his own thing, the Def Jam Awards. Um... But Russell Simmons is caught in this sexual assault allegation culture right now, so I'm not sure if that's going to be still going. Um, you want to say anything about the sexual assault allegation culture? Well, I think the... To me, there's one aspect of it that these are things that have been going on and now they're coming to light. Mm. And the question is, why? What has happened... To bring all these things to that's, light now. That's 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 kind of like I'm trying big to figure out. Part of it has to be. It's almost like the anti peer pressure. It's like when one, then two, then three, then four, then five people come out and do something for the first time or do something that maybe was on your mind but you didn't have the courage to do right. it. This is with anything in life, right? But you see that other people are being courageous and you're also seeing the response that they're now getting of, of support. Not all positive. Some people have maybe put them down. There's been comments kind of like I've seen things here and there. I'm not all into the current events and stuff and know who's accused of what like you are probably but i've no, seen I'm some all well i'm see, i've seen some backlash from like <laughs> for example from other women who have said things to some woman who have come out and saying like, yeah, you know yeah. like you see you see that but overall you see the support and things like that and so people are more comfortable when it becomes this wave this anti-peer pressure movement whereas it also speaks on in the past however many years when these when all this is going on and it still is going on today but people were less likely um, to come out about these things and maybe to get that support about these things. And I think it also goes into the age we live in uh, in terms of the way we use media, the way things can get trending, the way things that can get support. So when you say um, come out, you're saying sexual assault allegations are like the new coming out is gay. No. <laughs> okay, you said come out. I was trying to see. Yeah, what... I said come out. That's like a, like, I mean, when people come out and speak about this how I have nothing to do with unless some of the sexual allegations are from gay Kevin Spade Kevin Spacey he was yeah, a guy alleged that he you know um he played Superman no Kevin Spacey the dude in the House of Cards in American Beauty oh him yeah 
Yeah, he got caught up in that whole sweep. So, you know, my whole thing is I try to figure out what's the bigger picture behind it. What is this shift that makes it happen? Everything has a shift. Everything starts from an idea. Everything is interconnected. I think nothing's random. Nothing is random, and I think that when you think about this paradigm shift that's happening, right? So they got these things called uh, quantum machine, quantum mechanics, quantum computers, and stuff like that, right? And so the quantum computers are would make these leaps. You know what I mean when they say a quantum leap? So these processing machines can process much faster than the computers that we've had before. So problems that would take years to solve should now take just months to solve. And, you know, computers are patterned based off our minds. And I think about this shift in paradigm because everything is changing. And when you have one change, you find this interconnectedness in all of the different changes that happen. So when you bring up one issue, when it probably would have took these women weeks or months to come out with or years, now everything is happening within a quantum leap. Everything is coming out much faster. The way we produce information, the way we dissect it, the way we become more aware of something, the way we evolve, everything is much faster. And so I ask myself is, the things that's happening now, the things that unfold, are they part of the paradigm shift? Is everything is going to start having this quantum leap when you put one idea out there? Is it going to spread much, much faster now? And if that's so, then... You can become very old and antiquated in your ideas very fast if you don't stay and recognize all of the different pattern shifts that's happening. So I'm looking at it from a different standpoint, trying to understand it, because I think that years down the line, we're going to be able to look back at it and be like, oh, that was a part of this. That's why this happened. So I'm always trying to figure out what the hell is happening. Not even just, the, I don't really care about the thing that's, I don't care about those risk guys and those allegations. I'm just going to keep it 100. I, that doesn't affect my life. I don't distract myself with things that don't affect my life. I think there's a lot of things going on that don't affect my life. In that sense, because I think that that Hollywood culture is very weird. And I think that they all keep a lot of secrets until it's comfortable for them to expose it. Until that culture is caught up and now ready to expose it. But I don't. I think that they're all guilty of something, and that they're all um, have sacrificed something to get to where they are. Yeah, I mean, interesting you say that. I do. All of them. All of them. Everyone. I, it's Hollywood. just it's just a part of the Hollywood culture. Would you ever be in the Hollywood culture? Not if I had to sacrifice anything. But if you have, but you just said anybody in the Hollywood culture has to sacrifice something. Well, the thing is, I believe when I come into an environment, I change it. So if Jabril was within, I wouldn't be in the Hollywood culture, for one. You know what I mean? I think assimilation is cowardice. If a person has to assimilate, that's being a coward. Why can't you be yourself? So anytime I come into an environment, I come with the desire to change it, the effect of change. Just knowing that if I'm in Hollywood, then you know that a change must have happened. A paradigm shift must have happened. Like, oh, snap. They didn't let me in. I came in. Something must have changed in Hollywood. Hollywood will never be the same. It's like when a black person move on a white block. It ain't going to be the same. Not if I move there. So, anyway, I think we living in a time to where we get to recognize these quantum leaps, these, these, these paradigm shifts, which means that we have to continuously be able to increase ourselves in synchronicity 
of the present day and time, which means that we have to continuously reprogram ourselves to think on a new system of thought, to think on a higher pattern of thought. You know what I mean? And I think that that's very powerful, but I haven't figured out why that whole thing is happening yet. That sort of evades just because I think it's so spontaneous and random with different people. The way you look at it is random, right? Because you got a Matt Lauer, you got a Russell Simmons, you had a Bill Cosby. It started off with a black guy. And then I think that black guy sort of made it easier to be like, okay, we got the black guy out the way. It was the first sacrifice, Bill Cosby. Now we're about to go at all these white guys. And then you had Harvey Weinstein, and then you had all the other people. But you got to imagine, if they really open up that list, if everybody really start telling their stories... Hollywood crumbles overnight. Crumbles. So I look at why are these particular men the only ones? Because I know that if everybody tells their story, Hollywood is done for. And so there's a lot of people that are not telling their story. But they might be speaking up towards somebody else telling their story. I don't like that. I think that's fake. That's not real. You know what I mean? So I think that everybody already, like, every back in the, maybe it's like 2008, 9, 10, 11, whatever, everybody was talking about the Illuminati. It was the biggest thing on the internet, everywhere, everybody's researching, and everybody was talking about how Hollywood had these sex cults and all of this shit. And now that it's being exposed, people are not even talking about it in that way no more. People are just sitting back and letting it unfold. But once you see a house that is built on an unrighteous foundation and you have people attempting to crumble that house, why not assist them in breaking down that foundation that is no good? But I don't even think the people are assisting anymore in that sense. So it's interesting to be able to just look at what's happening in Hollywood and look at how people are reacting to it because it speaks to our present day consciousness and it speaks to how we take information and how we react to information and the reality that we live in. So anytime you see something happen and you see how the people react to it, it speaks towards our present day, how we take in information. And you can use that however you want to, whether it's in business, whatever it is, it speaks to the new paradigm shift in human you know, uh, uh, reaction, observation, and shit of reality. Contracts. I want to talk about contracts. Mm. What about contracts? Let me get this coffee. Contracts. I mean, mm. it was brought up from, I was talking to a friend who I do a lot of business with, and I was basically talking about an idea I had for a business merger. Um, I know this is really broad, but I don't want to really name names and things like that. And I think because I don't have a I don't have a contract with this friend, right? Mm-hmm. So I think sometimes I get I kind of assume that everything's good if I come up with a proposal to work out, we'll figure it out, you know. But I think this situation where he kind of backed away and kind of you know maybe thought about this not being the smartest idea um, brought to my attention the importance of contracts Mm. and the importance of having clear communication, clear understanding, and a clear basis to move forward on. Um, I think that's very important. And I just wanted to quickly get your thoughts on contracts. 
Um, and this is the importance of it. I mean, even you look at like marriage, it's a contract. You know, it's like you, you say your vows to death, do all those sort of things. And I think people get so upset um, on divorce because it's you're like you're breaking a contract. But I think you're not necessarily breaking the contract. You're basically saying we both are going to agree to not continue this contract and go about our separate ways, right. which is okay, I feel like, as long as you honored that contract the best you could while you were in that contract, right? And so, and there's ways to represent that, right? Like a ring, that shows your contract of marriage with another person, right? Um, but I just was thinking about contracts after this conversation, after this experience and this epiphany that I had with one of my friends who I do business with. And I was thinking like, wouldn't it be, I don't even want to say great, but wouldn't it be at the very least interesting if we were more conscientious about the contracts we made and put things out there? Everything is a contract, whether you whether you're in it, whether you have it signed on paper or it's right. not. It's still a contract. The way you're operating well, in your yeah, life is a contract. Agreement is a verbal contract. agreement is a contract legally. You understand what I'm saying? So, for me, I'm thinking about things in this epiphany where I had this moment last week. Like, even for like, let's take like a girlfriend and a boyfriend, right? They cannot be married at that time. But isn't it conceivable that they can have a contract of what their relationship will look like until they get to that point, or maybe they were not going to get to that yeah, point at it, all? It is, it's a but like put that put yeah, put that on put that on where it's clear communication and everybody knows. Because I feel like if you made something like that, <laughs> so you think that we should make like three to six month contracts? Um, I don't. I'm not even suggesting like that mini we should. Marriages. I'm not even suggesting that we should. I'm just saying that wouldn't it be? I feel like. It, a lot of the things that I think about, and this is why I love this podcast, because nothing is random. A lot of things that I think about, I think people are easy to dismiss. But it's just a point that I wanted to bring up, get your opinion. And I'm not just talking about relationships. I'm talking about there's so many aspects in life. If we you know me, I said, like the last one I said, boyfriends, girlfriends don't matter. We're still searching for a young woman <laughs> oh, that's who what has you, great characteristics. <laughs> that's where you was going with this. You can call 1888. Stop it. That's a 488. 1888. Stop it. Stop it. And our podcast. Oh, you just got to slide it. Stop it. Slide the DMs. No, yeah, he, he said you'd be just sliding the DMs. Um, I, I definitely want to have a contract agreement with a woman. You know, um, to where, because, you know. Uh, what would that contract look like for you? We had to build together. So, okay. We have to build on a vision together. You know, you got my vision, you got her vision, and we have to conjoin that vision together. And you have to support the visions independently yes. as well, right? Yes. Isn't that a big part of it too? It's about having a joint vision, but also supporting the individual visions. Because mm -hmm. I've learned with relationships, it's important to not put yourself in a cave and have everything be about the relationship. You have to grow as individuals as well as together. Because if one of those is off, then you're not going to be growing. But you don't potential. think that growing within a relationship allows you all to grow individually? Because the uniqueness of what you bring to the relationship is what allows for it to have that growth. So I believe that the individuals should work around the relationship. The relationship shouldn't work around the individuals. You know what I mean? And so you all place yourselves and say this, the, the relationship is a circle. That is what you all are trying to grow. 
this relationship, the idea of this relationship y'all trying to build. And within that relationship is your different values. Yeah, I mean, it is your uh, um, your vision is in there. And I think that if people are able to communicate clearly with each other and affirm each other's beliefs, ideas, who's going to be the breadwinner, who's going to do this, I think you have to take into accountability the new structural ideas that's set up. When you come to that clear, concise agreement, you know what I mean, with each other, you are binding the idea of a contract that you all are going to withheld and make successful. You know what I mean? And so you all are forming an entity. You know what I mean? Like a business. Your relationship becomes an entity itself. I have to make sure I get... I have to make sure that I'm with the right person. Right? Because I think... I think I who I told this before. I said, I'm not sure if... Obama could have became president without Michelle. So he could have picked any other woman on the planet Earth. And she could have picked any other man. But if they didn't pick each other, then I'm not sure they would have rolled to that position that they had. A person, I, I, I heard the joke about Michelle saying that you wouldn't have been president without me, all of that. But I think that when you choose the right person, you choose the right destiny. You choose the possibility of that person being able to help you manifest the greatness within self. Mm. And so a man cannot fully become a God without a woman. If you look at the Egyptians, they have it written within the hieroglyphics on how to make a God in it, man, woman. Boom. And so what woman does, if you tell a woman, you get in a relationship with a woman, and you tell her something about yourself or how great you are, she going to be like, prove it. Or she's going to help you prove that what you say you are. And so for a man, having that balance, you know what I mean, that helper within that relationship allows him to prove he is who he say he is. So you need that. Woman is the greatest gift in the universe. There's no reason we need to exist if there's no women. If ever all the women on the planet Earth died, I'm killing everybody. I'd rather be alone. I don't want to talk to y'all. Y'all get away from me. I need woman. You know what I'm saying? A woman. Once again, woman. Yes. A, a, a. But I need my soulmate, though. Because I think anything under soulmate is just a compromise but you believe there's multiple. of circumstance. You know what I mean? But you believe there's multiple options. You you believe in having multiple wives? Is what you say? No, I'm saying you believe. Oh, <laughs> I thought you were saying you, 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 you trying to get said, into polygamy? Is what you no, said? you said that. I mean, that's cool. Have you talked to her about this? Your future wife, are you, sh- you could have already had a wife, but then... We never get into that. Okay. You know, we not gonna get into that. No, I, I, I do. I think that, but I just want to say this because I think that we, we settle a lot in life, and we settle. What they say about settling? I don't know. Tell me. What they say? No, you told me. What they say about being ordinary, mediocre? Oh yeah. 
you should never settle for mediocrity ever. No, but what you said something. That's what what you assimilation said. is cowardice? No, you said Which something one? about mediocrity, about your goals and how you set them in mediocrity in terms of if it's yeah. realistic or if, some, if something's realistic. Right. Um, the path to mediocrity, the most traveled path to mediocrity is realistic expectations or goals or something like quote that. Quote that. Quote that. Let me you another quote. Man. I'm trying so, to get that out. Took a in while. In my mind, my wife is a beautiful soul. She is... Are we praying right now? We're praying. That's what people... Is you, I, I do like to study body psychology and this is what a person... This is, I guess, why I did start praying in that moment. So, <laughs> stop it. I'm, I'm praying so, for you too. I'm praying for you. My wife is a beautiful, intelligent woman. She, she is my soulmate, the other piece. She creates that balance and harmony. You know, I know that she exists because man does not desire anything that he does not have the power to bring into reality. Justice and equality. The unfortunate part is, well, possibly my wife knows I exist. Where is she at though? If she doesn't know I exist, I have to bring awareness so that she becomes guilty. So she not in being with me. She needs to follow us. We have to build a vision together. We got work to do, baby. Why are you wasting your time? Come find me. Let me find you. He's not searching. He's waiting to be found. I already love you. But at the same time, I have to work. Because I don't really have time to distract myself with the looking process. I have to find you on the journey of success. Because there's a lot of building that needs to be done. But if you build with me, we can create the greatest heaven that exists for gods and goddesses. The greatest. If it was like a dramatic zoom, it'd be nice. I can see if I can punch in there. Um, real quick before we wrap up. Um, let me my Let's see. Real quick before we wrap up. Uh... <laughs> The interviews, man. I, I, you already mentioned a little bit earlier, yeah. but I want you to just talk about what was the experience like, man. Man, that was dope as hell. I love her for that. Like, talk to she, people. Talk to the people. She, she got a really great what, spirit. What Vanessa MD, man. Um, we was able to set up the live on the IG stories where we was able to talk, and we we ended up being engaged with 19,000 people. I like the number 19. I said 20 at first. We'll keep it at 19. 19,000 people. Um, and I was just able to interview her about the differences between African musical artists and black artists out here in the music industry about the reception that you're going to get when you get in Africa and how it matters what your intentions are. Um, her work with younger girls and like this girl who wrote to Obama and was able to get uh, with like some water in her village or something like she that. She had to walk a long distance. A long to get distance the water. at first. Just, just walking, just getting and water. And... It was really about building a bridge between black people here in America and Africans on the motherland continent. And I think that establishing those relationships is so valuable and so important. And you never know exactly. Who you inspiring? And she said she loved to use her platform in that manner. And I thanked her for it. And she said she wouldn't mind doing further um, 
live interviews and videos with us. So that's gonna and be. She a dope found experience. you just from seeing somebody, yes. one of her friends, showed her one of your she videos, having, she and she was, she was like, "This guy's hey. speaking to me." You know what I'm saying? So oh God, that that's a beautiful humbling. thing. All the way in Africa, and you know she has millions of followers, and um. Is that a potential wife? I don't know. I can't I'm a, put that I'm a, out there. I'm going to let that... I shouldn't have even said that. I was unprofessional. I apologize. But I wanted to also mention that I <laughs> got, got a chance. <laughs> hey, man. I'm just keeping it all. It's all love. It's all love. It's all positive energy no, beautiful. and good vibes. But I had to um, mention that I... Had the opportunity to um, to do an interview when we were in Houston for Trap Art Houston oh, uh, with uh, Toby and Fat Man. I want to tell the people about that because that was also a great experience for me getting that chance to come across them. And um, the story is basically uh, I was in Houston. We wanted to figure out who we for, could feature for Trap, Art? for Trap Art. We were in Houston and originally Hurricane Harvey had derailed us. We wanted to go there for Labor Day weekend. We couldn't do it because of the hurricane, but we rescheduled it for later in the month of September. We came uh, to Houston, and what a what a wonderful city! I mean, just the people there, the energy. Um, right after the hurricane, too, man, the energy was still so positive, and we really got that southern hospitality out there in Houston. So shout out to everybody in Houston. But we specifically uh, DM'd, um, wide well, contact, and reached out to Toby. And Gui Gui, who's a Nigerian artist. Gui Gui, I yeah, like that. Absolutely, man. A Nigerian artist uh, who was the first artist signed to Eric Thomas's record label, uh, ET Records. Um, his first musical artist. And, you know, ET, the motivational speaker. If you want to, yeah, yeah. you know, succeed as bad as you want to breathe. That if you guy. can't breathe as much as you want to succeed, then you don't want it bad enough. It's a lion in you. Hey, dude, I seen him in uh, person. He yellow funny. Hey, <laughs> hey, so his first artist, man, Toby. And, uh, Should I do motivational talk like you that? You already do. You just don't do it that way. You got to be you. Gotta you got to be you. Confidence is story. Is that cool? Oh, my okay, Go so ahead. Toby. Toby. Shout out to Toby, man. He's a great artist. Check out his music. He just came out with his first, uh, one of his first EPs um, from the SWAT. Uh, it's a great project. And I don't try to just paint a pretty picture on everything. I try to give you things that I specifically went through and like people that I know specifically like like situations that happened to me for real. And then I, I put it in the story, but I don't just paint the negative picture. I'll always point, paint it only so people can realize that, hey, you have purpose for you. I just want people to understand that. I'm trying to bamboozle you into thinking that you have purpose. Well, to understanding that you do have purpose, that's it. I just want you to understand. So every bar is purposeful. Everything I do is purpose in the music. It's not, I'm not just out here just like, ha, I want to rap. I want to be cool. I'm going to be famous. Like, I'm good on that. And uh, you should check it out. And you can catch that interview on uh, trapxart.com. And uh, as well as we're going to put the interview in um, with the interview you did. So we're going to, yeah, we, got, we got some goodies, man, coming out yeah, of this podcast. So it's nice. not just this because nothing's random. Nothing so ever like is. I always say, man, I'm going to keep giving them the positive energy and, I'm and the keep, good vibes. And I'm going to keep giving them the keys. Because at the end of the day. Nothing is random. Nothing is random. You were supposed to say the beginning of the morning. I know. I realized it afterwards. <laughs> but but I did it on purpose because, you know, it's nighttime and stuff. And we a little discombobulated. But he's 19 Keys. I'm being Mechie. This is nothing random. Positive energy. Good vibes. I love
play this. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a Swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.